Welcome to this bonus episode of the Sitcom Archive Deep Dive Overdrive. Periodically, from here on forth, we will um, throw in little bonus episodes of interviews we've had with interesting people. And I found an interesting person, didn't I, Al? You did, yeah. Is it Joe? Joe, my mate Joe, over here in New Zealand. He lives a semi-self-sustainable life, which is not the full Tom and Barbara, but a variation thereon, and it's actually embraces things like social media to help with that sustainability. So I sat down with him and had an interesting sort of 20-minute conversation. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing this because it's almost like Tom and Barbara in the future, isn't it? Yeah, if they had dreadlocks. Dreadlocks, right. even. <laughs> oh, and, dreadlocks. Uh, <laughs> dreadlocks. It's only a mini-episode, so without further adieu, as I've said before, this is what some idiots on Twitter think is how you say it. Further adieu. Um, let's... Uh, Let's just play this interview I had with Joe. Alison's not in it because we was it was recorded in the middle of the day here in New Zealand. So I was in you bed. were asleep, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Self-sustainable living in 2020. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So this week um, I've got Joe Simmons with me, who's a mate of mine over here in um, the beautiful Kapiti Coast in New Zealand. Um, Joe lives a sort of semi-self-sustainable life and he's actually going to be our very first podcast guest. We've never had one before, so I hope he feels honoured. Hello, Joe. Yeah. How are you, mate? Hey, Ben. I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's all right, man. It's good to have you. Tell us a little bit about why and how your self-sustainable life came about. Yeah, I had... Uh, I'm not sure how much I can really go into it, but it would have been about 10 years ago. I had a, uh, a very interesting experience one winter after some uh, experimentation, say we, uh, shall we say, um, and spent quite a long time uh, quietly freaking out about the state of the world, um, very concerned about... Um, uh, a lot of things, you know, most at that point it was mostly uh, oil related. I remember waking up at right. about four o'clock in the morning and having dreamed that I'd been crushed by a BP oil tanker that had kind of come around the corner and squashed me waking up <laughs> in a cold sweat. Oil related night terrors, that doesn't sound Exactly. Fun. No, no, it was not, it was not good. Um, so from that, I kind of thought, right, what, what can I do? Um, what, what is it that I can do to something... Um, some sort of pragmatic uh, approach to, you know, some practical implementable uh, thing that I could do to alleviate some of that anxiety. And I thought, well, um, starting with starting with learning how to grow food. Um, so yeah. my stepmom um, is an incredible gardener. Spent a lot of time watching her. Spent a huge amount of time watching YouTube videos through the night on how to work on soil and got into permaculture and... And did you are. did you have like a like a small holding already where you lived, or did you have to go and find somewhere to achieve this? Because I mean, we live in New Zealand. In Britain, it's very small sections. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you, you'd, you'd be lucky if you had a um, a little uh, allotment um, in, in England. My my grandfather had one on the Isle of Wight, um, just out of 
ride i think it is on the isle of Wight. long way to go to tend your allotment though isn't it, it, it yeah that's a yeah, 20, <laughs> you <assume> live there? <laughs> 24 hour flights to to go and tend to my garden um so i was uh i was living just down the road from my mum's place um and i went and dug up every inch of lawn um at her house yeah whether she wanted it or not um and brought in about three or four ton of river rocks to build the edges on these gardens and right just uh in typical fashion went completely over the top with the whole thing and was it, it was like a mania yeah yeah i've uh i'm i'm fairly obsessive with what i do i don't do things in halves as yep. you've as you've noticed no i know that man. <laughs> so yeah. so i mean it's a semi-self-sustainable life though isn't it you've not gone to full hog i know yeah. you're not familiar with a good life overly yeah but these guys in a good life they quit their like nine to five and it's just everything is growing on the land living entirely off the land out of the system when he gets his tax bill it's fuck all because he's just aside from land yours isn't quite that extreme is it no no that's i mean the the goal was always to dive in uh dive in head first and to to go that direction and then more recently with uh there's a group that i garden with that catch up every wednesday morning we go and work on each other's gardens at the moment we're building greenhouses um uh, through doing that, what we've realised is that the division of labour is actually a really important element to um, to any level of self sufficiency. So, if you're trying to do everything yourself, yep. um, you're you know you're at a hiding to nothing. It's just it, I mean, some people can do it, right? Some people live in a hut in the woods and grow all their own stuff and hunt. But uh, takes up every hour of the day, I, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, we're not we're not able to just be hunter gatherers anymore now that we have um, sprawling subdivisions, you know, taking up pasture. Um, so the idea is that if you can be self sufficient in to start with, self sufficient in one thing. So self sufficient in lettuces, for example. Self sufficient in um, in broccoli or self sufficient in tomatoes through the summer months, and then and then you need to learn how to. Uh, preserve things once you've got a glut, you know, an, an overproduction of, of food to kind right. of uh, even out, you know, that stuff. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to grow wheat and be self-sufficient in bread, or I'm not trying to grow corn and be self-sufficient in corn. I'm just trying to start with a, a small group of things and nail that until I move on to the next. And then these other people in your group, do you, do you operate in an almost like a sort of virtual commune in in the sense that you would swap what you've each grown so if you're the broccoli man here's the here's the pea guy yep <laughs> yeah yeah there's um yeah we'll swap bags of pea for um for veggies <laughs> yep um, the, the occasional meth transfer um <laughs> it's um it's I was going to say, is there like some things that you grow that you don't want to fess up to growing? Ah, <laughs> uh, what's is it? The Second Amendment. Um, I, I choose to. Uh, I choose to. Isn't it take the fifth? Yeah, something like that. The Second Amendment's the guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to come growing. at me with the guns just for asking a question. <laughs> yeah, growing guns in the backyard. Yeah, um, yeah. There are certain certain things until. Until uh, particular laws change uh, locally, I uh, should probably uh, shut my mouth. <laughs> well, we might be lucky in that sense because we live in a bit of a kind of socialist utopia to an extent. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, let me let me ask you this then. Have you ever sort of kept animals? Have you ever gone that far or have you been tempted with, yeah. you know, because in, in the good life, the goods have goats, chickens, pigs, yeah. that type of thing. How yeah. far have you gone with that? We have uh, We have nine chickens. One of our chickens died the other day, but we have enough. We have enough chickens to be able to supply eggs to our neighbours. 
um, which keeps our neighbours relatively cool with us having uh, noisy, smelly chickens. Um, they're not too, they're not too smelly. But um, yeah, there's that. Uh, we have a dog that we keep for milk. We milk the dog regularly. Um, not really. Um, no, I was trying to keep the straight face. I was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> Um, it's like that have you seen that movie Meet the Parents where he's like oh, yeah, I, can, I can milk anything <laughs> milk the cat can you milk me Greg <laughs> oh, movie's great you've never had a pig or a, or a goat or anything no like? we've thought about pigs um, the issue is that we're all vegetarian so it's mm. kind of you get a pig uh, for the novelty factor my four year old daughter absolutely loves pigs but we just I mean, even if we had pigs for a little while in order to have them passed on to somewhere else for, for meat, I just wouldn't feel very comfortable well, about in, it. In a recent episode we've, we've been done, and done a deep dive on, they uh, yeah they slaughtered a pig and then traded half the pig for another animal. And um, the rest of the pig they ate. Yeah. And then they had a, 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 pimp, a pig pimp come around <laughs> with, with a bull. <laughs> to impregnate the remaining oh, pig. Right, wow. There's all sorts of drama. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I'm not sure how realistic a lot of it is. Um, Brilliant. So, like, with, with, with what you're doing, did, did obviously, again, obviously, being out here in New Zealand, COVID hasn't impacted us like most of the world. No. Did it give you a sense of sort of self-satisfaction and smugness that, like, well, <laughs> well everyone else is fucked. I can live on lettuce or whatever. Well, yeah, it was... Uh, I think I think there were quite a few... I don't, I'm definitely not a prepper. Um, you know, I'm not sort of building bunkers. Um, but I think there were a lot of people with that particular approach who were quietly going, ha, told you so. Yeah, um, I bet. And it, it certainly uh, it certainly made me feel more comfortable knowing that we have worked on the soil at our place. Because, I mean... The, the yeah, good thing, quality soil's a thing. You can't just dig up your soil and expect it to be... No. Yeah, I that's, that. that's the key, right? Is that, I mean, my, my, my approach with it at least is... Work on the soil. Treat the soil like a living, uh, like a living thing, because it is. You know, you're you're creating an ecosystem of microorganisms, um, and from there, everything else does its thing. So, from our point of view, it's like, well, if we need to, if we need to focus more of our time, if everything really turns to shit with this uh, with this pandemic, and we need to spend more of our time, like if we can't purchase half of the things at the shops, mm. I mean, we can't. There's a whole lot we can't grow, but there's a whole lot we can, and. It's really a matter of, I mean, say uh, pumpkins, you know, you can, yeah, I guess. You, you can't just suddenly grow pumpkins in a month, but if you're looking at, you know, you're looking at a year, like the whole, the whole annual cycle, if you're planning ahead and you can grow enough pumpkin through the summer months, they store well and you've got an entire winter worth of um, soup veggies. So, And you've got that network that you can swap some pumpkins for something else. Exactly. Which is really yeah. the thing that I think is the most interesting. Yeah. The goods didn't think that through. Yeah, they just had a shitload of surplus, and then they were storing it in fucking drawers in their spare room. <laughs> I was like, "That's going to get woodworm in it." Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, you've. This is one of the recurring tropes in the show. They don't think things through. Yeah, they're new to it, and they've got this sort of like really great gung ho attitude, and then yeah. then they realise, oh fuck. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a common thing, right? There's there's a whole lot of people that I have these conversations all the time where people are dead set keen on on doing this kind of thing moving you know buying five acres up uh you know to Horo or north of here out in the hills and moving out and just going completely off the grid and the thing is that we're not we're not uh we're not good for that some people can do it you've got yeah. hermits that are out there i like spending a lot of time on my own but 
I also I rely on my like, like you said before the sort of um, distributed commune. You know, we've got like mm. we've got our community of um, our community of houses that we would like to have on a bit of land, but we're just distributed around the community, all growing our own crops, trading, um, working together. Um, I, I think I think that's the ticket. You know, it's so much easier to maintain momentum and motivation that way. I, ma- I imagine it must be, yeah, it must be an incentive as well to not let people down. Yes. If they're <laughs> yes, absolutely. Have you seen that Google um, map overlay that allows you to see where people have basically marked on there around here where we live, where you can come and help yourself to lemons and stuff like that? I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. That's um, the using the Maps API and uh, yeah. there's a little uh, little app for it. I've yeah the uh, fruit surplus sort of thing. Yeah. I've not, I've not used the app, but I've heard of it, and that's I'm it's a great I mean, idea. But it is. Whether some people would. Unfortunately, there's always a minority of dickheads around. Yeah, five five percent of people. There's just a bunch of absolute pricks out there. You can't. Yeah. There's no getting past that. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in, eh? Most, now, most people are good, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah when so I'm sure. not being a horrible cynic, when I sort of step <laughs> back, I'd be inclined to agree with. You. On on that, actually, um, just quickly, there's uh, my my dad lives um, right next door to the orchard that he and part of the and people from the community planted down the south end of town here there's something like 120 120 odd fruit trees um in this orchard and i've had to put up a sign saying uh feel free to take some fruit but leave some for others because what happens each season is that someone will inevitably come in and strip the entire tree of every bit of fruit and it's kind of like i mean maybe if these people are going hungry and they need to eat a thousand plums but like no one can do that without you know ruining their bowels (laughs) exactly yeah there'd be nothing left of them yeah yep well, there's one way to lose weight. Yeah. Shit it all out in 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, a diet of plums for a week. Yeah, I actually quite like the sound of living on plums. <laughs> yeah. I like, I'm, I'm fond of a black Doris. Oh, man, they're good. Oh, they're good. I don't know. We, they have them in the UK. Yep. We're just you two smoking New Zealanders yep. sat here going, oh, everything's fucking cushy here. <laughs> yeah. Now, also, I also wanted to ask you, there's a story in the UK a couple of years ago about this woman who made bread from her own yeast. Oh, I've, Did I've you heard, heard that. I've heard a similar thing with uh, with beer. Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck me, that's grim, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, that's taking that's taking the approach a little too far. I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not what you're working on at home. Nah, nah. I'd be. Um, what about making some brie from your own knob cheese? <laughs> I I would. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't considered this. If I hadn't spent time. Uh, considering it deeply but, but no it's not happened yet remind me not to eat at your place <laughs> Grace and um, the Little Ones they, they're yep. all on board with this it must be a great thing for them as yeah. youngins to just realise that they can yep. do all this eh? yeah my uh, my eight almost nine year old boy Tui is um, relatively entrepreneurial um, he was he's really into growing food and digging but when he realized that he could sell pumpkins at five bucks a pop he could take my pumpkins mm. out the front and sell them to people going past uh he made something like 46 bucks in an afternoon uh when he was a, was a couple of years ago and he was so it's a five dollar ago and he's made 46 you got to wonder where the dollars come from this is it yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know if he's rounded it up or down i don't quite know how this how this worked 
yeah, Janet's he's, in he's mission. Right into it. <laughs> I don't think so. No, and he, uh, I, I said to him, uh, I said to him that a, a good portion of it has to go back into buying seeds. Yep. Um, same with, uh, same with chickens. You know, so he can, he can own a chicken, and um, and you, you know, like that. That's the next thing through the summer is to because we have a surplus of eggs, is to sell some eggs out front, and yeah. Because I mean, that's you know, the, the whole thing with money, it's like it'd be amazing if we could. Uh, amazing if we could grow all our own food and not have to worry about the financial side of things at all. But realistically, um, I think the way to go is to grow as much as you can, trade as much as you can with other people so you can specialize in the things that your soil and your skills are particularly good at, and then sell things direct to the consumer directly from your property. It's mixing sustainability with entrepreneurialism. 100%. Which is the mistake that these these. Yeah. never they never really learn from it nah. they're, they're far too uh, committed to their values of being out of the system yeah yeah just, ultimately it wouldn't work no, it's no. great TV okay man I really appreciate you joining us and uh, chatting to us about what you're doing thank you and uh, you're our very first guest so that's a landmark moment for this podcast oh man I feel honoured thanks so much yeah. um, what's up to everyone that's listening that's cool yeah yeah if you'd have oh, well, maybe, at some point maybe you have your back when you've made your own bread from your own <laughs> tell us no, how it, it was brie it was brie <laughs> <laughs>